This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new natural wellness line from Plus CBD, CBD Calm and CBD Sleep. CBD Calm helps ease tension, soothe irritability, and contributes to a greater sense of contentment through a blend of Plus CBD's award-winning full-spectrum CBD, plus L-theanine, and 5-HTP. CBD Sleep aids occasional sleeplessness with CBD plus melatonin, as well as soothing magnolia bark extract and relaxing lemon balm so you can get the rest you need and wake up alert and focused. Both products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. This time of year... As we enter the holiday season, we often go to our digestion guru, Marty Whittakin, for some sound advice about how to keep our digestion optimal during all the delicious yet often richly decadent holiday eating. Yeah, that's uh, sort of a peril of an otherwise enjoyable season. Lots and lots of uh, gastrointestinal problems and respiratory illnesses. We'll talk about how those may be linked. Marty's the author of numerous books like Natural Alternatives to Nexium, Malox, Tagamet, Prilosec, and other acid blockers. And she knows that the natural approach to digestive health is far preferable and in the long term more successful than simply popping over the counter acid and acid for relief or taking a prescription medication for which there are many drawbacks. So, um, well, first of all, uh, you know, welcome, Marty. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm so happy to be with you. It's always a pleasure. Well, thank you so much. Uh, okay, you know, we're talking about digestive health, but uh, the elephant in the room is still COVID and now uh, Omicron, and uh, people are less focused on GI health uh, than on respiratory health. But why is it that we should be concerned uh, in a pandemic time about digestion and what's going on in our GI tracts? I think this is one of the perils of having specialists in every part of the body and they aren't talking to each other uh, because in our body they certainly are. Uh, my <clears throat> second book, The Probiotic Cure, I really delve into the fact that 70% or so of our immune function is in the intestinal tract and we have um, several different stops along the way. For one, the stomach acid is the first line of defense because when you uh, breathe in or swallow a virus or a bacteria, it goes to the stomach, and if there's enough stomach acid there, it gets digested and the problem solved. But further down, we have trillions of bacteria that if they're in the right balance, they are actively creating selective antimicrobials. Uh, when we take an antibiotic, it is like a flamethrower and it 
does damage to good guys and bad guys. But when the bacteria create a an antibiotic, it's very specific for their enemy, not their friends. And, and just even on a more basic level, if we are what we eat, digest, absorb, and don't expel, and our digestion is all of that. So we can't create immune cells. We can't have <clears throat> absorb the zinc that we need to get into the cells to keep viruses from replicating. There are just so many ways that our health is built on our gut function that it seems uh, just ludicrous to ignore it. Well, it, it, there's a lot of theories about why uh, the U.S. Uh, leads the world in uh, COVID hospitalizations and deaths. And, you know, we might have expected at the beginning of the pandemic that an advanced country like uh, America, uh, you know, with all its uh, medical acumen and, you know, access to drugs and hospitalization uh, and now the vaccines would be protected. But it seems that there are factors that render us more susceptible. And among them, certainly Americans are more likely to be obese, uh, insulin resistant, uh, but also Americans uh, have a challenged GI microbiome. Uh, many of us, uh, you know, from cradle to grave, we're given antibiotics at the slightest uh, instigation. Uh, a very high percentage of Americans uh, take uh, uh, very powerful acid-blocking uh, prescriptions. And it's been estimated that somewhere, and I have a statistic here, 53 to 89 percent of proton pump inhibitor prescriptions are inappropriate. Uh, an estimated 15 million Americans are taking these drugs and, uh, you know, perhaps uh, there's some important cofactors, uh, you know, besides, you know, all this clamor about everybody needs to take a third and fourth vaccine to protect themselves from COVID. Well, certainly. And if we think about the importance of vitamin D and uh, all the nutrients that support our immune system, to fight off anything we're exposed to. And it just, you made me think about the fact that one way that they are screening to see whether a community has a high incidence of COVID is they're looking at the sewage. So yes. apparently yes. people aren't digesting it away like they should, and it's ending up in the, in the sewage system. That, yeah, there was an early finding out of China and, uh, you know, that that worried me, uh, you know, as I contemplated going back to sports events, you know, there's a big uh, bathroom at Yankee Stadium and uh, line, you know, there's the urinals, but there are also, uh, you know, a lot of toilets. Uh, and as uh, you know, they these they flush the toilets and they aerosolize, you know, the, yeah. the toilet water. You know, there's a concern that it could spread that way. Apparently, that's not a, a, a major route of spreading. But there, there, I have seen some studies that suggest that the virus, um, even after recovery from COVID, remains uh, present in the stool for a long period of time. So it really does suggest that the GI tract may be involved, perhaps in, perhaps in long COVID, you know, the people who don't recover properly. Yes, and then there's the whole topic of whether or not COVID's being treated. And in the best case, you get somebody that knows which medications work at each stage and what nutritionals. I put a lot of information on our website, the healthybynatureshow.com, about 
COVID so that people can be educated and know how to build up their immune system. But certainly improving the gut health is an important one. And we're just headed, in, as you say, into the season where people will be subjected to things that might make them reach for an acid blocker. They get indigestion, and what worries me about that is it's a temporary problem, and they have created what might turn out to be a permanent solution that has problems. There was one study done where they put people who did not have heartburn on heartburn drugs, the proton mm-hmm. pump inhibitors, yeah. at the end of a month, now they could get off of them. So yes, they got hooked on them. To, yes, yes. Yeah, it's the ideal be drug. It's, it, it's the ideal drug because uh, you know you, you may feel like you need them, uh, but what you're experiencing is the withdrawal and the uh, hyper secretion of stomach acid in the wake of taking away the medication. So uh, well, that, exactly, that's, yeah, that's nasty. Um, okay, so uh, you know what are some of the ways during the holiday season where that we can protect our GI tract? Uh, from harm. You know, yeah, look, we're going to go to holiday parties. We're going to indulge. Uh, you know, we're going to maybe drink a little more alcohol, uh, you know, and get a little less sleep. And, uh, you know, we're going to get up close and personal with people. So uh, how can we fortify our immune systems? A little more stress, too. Yeah. And everything that we do affects that microbiome. They don't like stress. They don't like sedentary. They don't yes. like too much alcohol. They don't like too much sugar. Uh but I'm not one that ever says, okay, here's how to do a healthy Thanksgiving dinner. I right. say once a year, relax, enjoy what the family enjoys. But when it starts at Halloween and becomes just a sugar fest from then until <laughs> Valentine's Day, exactly. it's a whole different argument. You know, and, long uh, before COVID, the more you know, we've, I'm sorry, long before COVID, I've pointed out that, uh, you know, the, the cold and flu season, Kind of begins, yeah, like you say, around Halloween, you know, when we get a lot of trick-or-treat stuff for, uh, you know, the kitties. But then there's a lot left over, so we figure, why let it go to waste? And then right on the heels of that is Thanksgiving, and then there's Christmas, then there's New Year's, the bowl games, you know, and on it goes. And half the populace comes down with a cold or a flu. Now there's COVID. It also uh, coincides with the vitamin D curve. Yes, it's- you know, people aren't in the sun anymore, and so their vitamin D stores get low. Indeed. Yeah, so, you know, that there's kind of a triple whammy there. Um, so, yeah, okay, so all the things that we do around the holiday times uh, can add to our risk. Um, you know, uh, one of the things I do during the holidays when I know there's going to be more stress, I try to kind of power through them uh, by continuing my exercise program. Yeah, there's less time, but I want to make sure that, you know, that – arm of my immune system is is working, getting adequate sleep, that's important. Uh, but what can we do to support our, our uh, microbiome? What the, <clears throat> the good bacteria want to eat are vegetables, fruits, and mostly high-fiber foods. So you can continue to feed them well. And the enemy, one of the major enemies, is a yeast overgrowth. Those really like refined carbohydrates and sugar. So try your best to eat more of the, the beneficial foods and less of the others. And if you're going to a party, I think this is a simple thing you can do is to maybe eat an ounce of almonds before you go. It'll take the edge off your appetite yep, so that you're one. 
your survival instincts don't take over and have you grabbing anything in sight that'll get your blood sugar up. Right. So, so in other words, uh, uh, sort of prophylax you know, against uh, the bad food that might be there and, you know, so that you can nibble a little preventive bit. Preventive eating. Right, right. Preventive eating. Very good. That's a good term. So that you can, uh, you know, uh, not offend uh, the host or the hostess uh, and partake. Uh, but selectively and not, you know, put the feedback on, you know, with some of the less desirable food that might uh, mess up your your uh, intestinal balance. Um, well, okay. if you hit a party hungry yeah. and you go over to the buffet table, you're not drawn to the celery. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. There's no question about that. Um, OK, so, uh, you know, I know from from reading your books and talking to you that uh you know, one of your favorites in terms of the probiotics, you know, you emphasize the importance of probiotics is, uh, you know, Dr. Here is probiotic. Uh, are you sticking to your guns on that recommendation? I am. And when I did the research for the probiotic cure book, I looked at 1,000 studies to get the lay of the land and validate. I, I kind of clean, started with a clean sheet. And at the end, I had become an even bigger fan of Dr. O'Hara's because it's the only one that is actually a concentrate of fermented foods, not some powdered, freeze-dried, powdered, uh, cultured overnight sort of bacteria. They're much more... I mean, one of the biggest things is that the capsules contain what these bacteria have been busy making out of good food for three years uh, three to five years, depending on the which type you get. But they, as they're culturing them, they feed them seasonally appropriate vegetables, wildcrafted herbs, seaweeds, and things like that. The bacteria take those substances and turn it into the compounds that tell our body how to be healthy. And you don't get that with any other. So there's, it really should have a separate category and not to be confused with probiotics because there's a hundred choices out there and most of them are all just variations on a theme. Yeah, I, I, I tend to cons- think of um, Dr. Here's probiotics as more like a, a cultured food concentrate uh, that you know, right. contains a, a wide spectrum, uh, you know, much like. I mean, there are cultured foods like sauerkraut, for example, that we recommend that people eat. Uh, but, you know, this is a sort of a supercharged version of that, right? Well, exactly. And what passes for fermented food in this country wouldn't make it in, say, yeah. Germany, for example, where sauerkraut actually is fermented. Here, what you see in a jar out on the shelves in the middle of the grocery store is more likely just pickled cabbage where they put vinegar on it if you want a true sauerkraut you get it out of the refrigerated section yeah uh, where you find kimchi right and you avoid uh preservatives like sodium benzoate uh which always makes me feel sick but you know sodium benzoate is a preservative and it stops the growth of the bacteria in the in the pickles or in the sauerkraut and in addition if you take it orally uh, it'll kill some of the some of the beneficial bacteria in your intestinal tract, right? Oh yes, they don't like any of those chemicals. They don't like pesticides. They don't like uh, preservatives. I mean, it stands to reason you put preservatives into a food product to keep it from growing bacteria. 
for the same reason they put chlorine in the tap water to kill bacteria. So right. it's a juggling act. You try to not kill them and yet feed them well. Right. You know, I guess uh, we pay a price for our overly sanitized uh, environment uh, because, you know, what I've noticed is in looking, you know, and I, I weekly I check the statistics worldwide to see which countries are going up and which countries are going down and how it compares to the U.S., um, and I kept my eye on Africa, and I just thought, oh, my goodness, they're, they're really in for it because they have a very poor medical infrastructure, uh, the poor medical care. There's actually malnutrition uh, and, you know, close contact and, and you know, poor public health systems. And, uh, you know, these countries can't really afford a lockdown. They got to go to work. And I thought this is going to be a catastrophe. It's going to be many times worse than America. But it, it's I've, I've looked at statistics for some of these countries sub-Saharan Africa, and aside from South Africa, which I consider a modern westernized country, um, many of these countries are doing surprisingly well. You know, we're talking about, you know, deaths, perhaps, uh, you know, a few score or a few hundred in these entire countries. And, you know, part of that is is the hygiene hypothesis. Can you, can you explain how that works to bolster immunity? Yes. Uh, first, just one thing about the food supply. They may be deficient in things they would like to have, but they're also deficient in Pringles and all kinds of yeah, other right. processed exactly. foods that we eat here. Right. So uh, they may be blessed by that shortage. Uh, the hygiene hypothesis really starts uh, at birth or before because we have been for so many decades afraid of bacteria that we got in the habit of sterilizing and sanitizing everything and protecting children by keeping them away from pets and keeping them from playing outside in the dirt. And so they never acquired exposure to a broad range of bacteria so that on the one hand, their immune system could become accustomed to them if they are harmless or on the other hand, learn to protect you from them if they aren't. And so we have this uneducated immune system, and then all of a sudden we're bombarded with things that we've never seen before, and uh, sometimes get an overreaction. Indeed. You know, uh, so uh, it seems like um, your immune system has to sort of go through boot camp uh, to, be, to have a more robust response to pathogens. And, you know, I think we're doing kids uh, irreparably har irreparable harm by uh, masking them up and vaccinating them, uh, you know, to the max very early. Uh, because while we may avert certain diseases, uh, we may pay a price in overall uh, immune resilience uh, because kids have to kind of go through a stage. It's kind of like, you know, programming a, a new computer. You know, you have to download the programs. The programs have to work their way into the computer. And that's our, our immune system works in a similar way. And there are good statistics about children raised on farms where they do get outdoors and have exposure to animals, that they do better. They have fewer allergies. Uh, and that's one of the prices we pay is if the immune system is so naive, it thinks everything is a threat. Then you start reacting to peanuts and, and strawberries and all kinds of other foods. Right. An inappropriate... Uh overreaction of the immune system that's not conditioned properly to address normal pathogens. Uh, you know, another factoid is, I mean, we don't want people to uh, get parasites, 
but in countries where parasites are endemic, uh, there's a very low incidence of these uh, allergic diseases. So it seems that when the immune system is occupied at tackling a real invader, it doesn't uh, erroneously uh, attack uh, a false invader like, you know, cat dander or, you know, peanut protein. Yeah, and it's interesting that the new thinking, instead of keeping kids totally away from peanuts, and, you know, we've gotten to where you can't open a package of peanuts on an airplane because somebody could be so deadly allergic to them. The uh, thinking is very small amounts built up over time can actually educate the immune system that, hey, this is okay to have around. Mm-hmm. It's almost a, a homeopathic. But it should be approach. done under supervision. Yeah, it has to be. You can't just say, well, somebody has deadly allergy to peanuts here. Let's uh, open up a, a jar of Skippy and, uh, you know, here's a teaspoon. We don't want to do that. Uh, okay, so no. you, there's a lot of, uh, you mentioned, you know, you do you do a radio program as well, uh, or at the very least a podcast. Uh, give us the 411 on that. And also, you have useful resources and people can subscribe to your newsletter. Can you share that with us? Absolutely. Yes, we're we're broadcast on something like 41 uh, radio stations across the country, but we also it is also a podcast that's heard around the world, for that matter. And you can get information about it by going to healthybynatureshow.com. On the menu, you click Listen, and you'll see archives. I've got them going back years. Shows you can find one on there where Dr. Hoffman was my guest. Indeed, yeah, I remember. And and uh, and there's also it says stations. You can click there to see if because I know you're heard all over the place. They can click there and find out if it's live in an area where they are, so that they can call in and ask questions. My guests. And on the same menu is newsletter. You can click on that and see how to subscribe. And I also have a library where there are really hundreds of articles. Not all of them show on the library menu, but they're behind, you know, hidden behind there on all kinds of topics, including acid reflux. I put so much information in there about heartburn that I don't think you even have to spend six ninety five to buy my book. You can just go <laughs> you just give find it away free. Right. Critical items right there for free. Exactly. All right, let's also give a shout out to uh, Dr. Here's Probiotics. They're available through Vitamin Shop, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and other natural health retailers across the US and also available at online retailers. And you can uh, find a retailer near you by visiting Essential Formulas Com. And I think there's even a portal where you can order products. Uh, also follow Dr. Here's Probiotics on Facebook and I believe Twitter. Okay. Um, Marty, we're going to pause now because uh, we're going to go to part two uh, in our next podcast. We're going to tackle some uh, common digestive problems. Uh, are you up for that? Absolutely. Okay. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today's guest is Marty Whittakin, board certified clinical nutritionist. And a host of Healthy by Nature, a nationally syndicated weekly nutrition talk radio show now in its 25th year. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.